we, we, we uh, we're waiting. Yes. Should be any second now. I'm surprised that they had a conversation with Tom Brady because if this is all going out, I don't know if Tom Brady would want to speak about everything that's coming out and. Apparently he did. Talk we about shall, it. Like yeah. he said, we shall see. So joined on the phone this morning by the uh, one of the authors of a brand new book, uh, 12, The Inside Story of Tom Brady's Fight for Redemption. And we say good morning to uh, Casey Sherman. Good morning, Casey. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I, I'm very interested in, in this book for a couple of reasons. A, because, well, we're in New England and uh, the Patriots are, are the gold standard for, for everything. But also, secondly, because I think it, I think it is the... Um, Kind of the maybe the explanation for part of what we're dealing with now as Patriots fans. All this talk of this discord uh, between the the triumvirate that is Tom Brady, Robert Kraft, and Bill Belichick. You know, especially with Kraft and and Brady, started before with this whole Deflate Gate thing, and that's kind of what you talk about in the book is the redemption and the comeback from that fiasco, right? That's right. You know, uh, you know, the book is making news all over the country, and it's now the, the number one selling sports book in America, which is great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's selling even outside of New England for that very fact. People are trying to uh, get a better understanding of the fractures that we are seeing in Fortress Foxborough, uh, you know, right now during training camp, the relationship between Tom Brady and his owner, Bob Kraft, Tom Brady and his coach, Bill Belichick. And all of that really started to boil up during Deflategate, and we had unprecedented access to Brady, to uh, the Kraft family, to several members, key uh, members of the Patriots organization, to really tell this story that unfolds like a legal thriller. Why did, uh, like, well, my first question is, in a, in a Ziploc-type atmosphere that the Patriots exist in, why would Brady want to talk to you? Well, I think, you know, you're seeing a different Tom Brady uh, as he's turning 41 um, because he is, you know, he's always been the company man. He's uh, said the right things, done the right things. Right. And I, you know, now that in the twilight of his career, you're seeing more of his personality, uh, you know, really come to the fore. Here's a guy that's, you know, given 18 plus years of his life uh, and really built this organization. As we know, you know, five Super Bowls, he's the greatest, not only the greatest quarterback in history, but the greatest player in NFL history, and he feels like he deserves uh, a little more credit than he's been given, especially by his head coach. And, well, I would, I would also say uh, Roger Goodell. I mean, that whole, the whole deflate thing was just, uh, was just payback for Goodell getting back for the Spygate thing that he did really nothing about. To, and, and other and owners, we, other owners right. were pissed, and right? We they, laid that out you know, very well in the book. You see how the NFL okay. is putting its chess pieces in play well before the AFC title game where uh, the allegations first surfaced about uh, deflating footballs. Roger Goodell is such a fascinating character for us because he really is this Nixonian person. Yeah. Meaning he's a guy that's, you know, paranoid that um, will do anything to uh, attain power and do anything to retain that power. And if that means going Going after the uh, you know the face of your entire league and gaining control of Tom Brady, that's exactly what he was going to do. The other owners were angry that he went so light on the Patriots and Spygate. This is the one thing he couldn't back down. Then he had to make a stand against it. Kelly Brown has a question for Casey Sherman, one of the authors of Twelve: The Inside Story of Tom Brady's Fight for Redemption. Kelly, Casey, we, we know of the stories of, of a fracture now, maybe in the relationship between Brady and Belichick. 
more than maybe. Maybe it's over Guerrero, Garoppolo, who knows. But did Brady feel isolated by Belichick when Belichick said right after being asked about deflated footballs, he said, well, you'll have to talk to the quarterback. You hit the nail on the head. That's, I think, where the real rift between Brady and Belichick began. For the first time in uh, Brady's career, he had his head coach throwing him under the bus. Normally, Belichick would deflect attention from his players, but he really put the onus right on uh, Brady, and Belichick made that you know comment about uh, he's no Mona Lisa Vito, which is a character in the, uh, the comedy My Cousin Vinny. We've got an interesting anecdotal story in the book about how Belichick walks around with a pressure gauge in his pocket while he's on vacation in Nantucket. And it's just an aside of how meticulous this guy is. So for him to say he had nothing or no knowledge of, you know, any uh, pressure um, uh, gauges with regard to the footballs is a bit ridiculous. But throwing his quarterback under the bus, I think, really got under the quarterback's skin. Why wouldn't he back him? Like, I'm, I'm... Dumbfounded. Well, he already by that. got busted for Spygate, Correct. so maybe it was Brady's turn to take the hit. Yeah, but also maybe yeah, they, but, may, maybe they didn't but, do but, it. But again, right to, to your point, guys. You know, this was a, a make good uh, because of Spygate. Spygate was a legitimate scandal. You know, Belichick uh, skirted the rules and got caught. Yeah, and. And Brady had to serve that sentence. Belichick certainly didn't. Right. He was never suspended uh, for Spygate, but uh, um, the Flategate, Brady had to, uh, you know, take all of the punishment that was coming the Patriots' way. Uh, okay, so you, okay, well, well you, go ahead, Laura. You have interviews with Brady, Kraft, uh, in in this book. Did Belichick refuse to be any part any part of this? You know, we didn't really go after Belichick because what the hell is he going to say? I'm sorry. I've been in many of the media uh, scrums uh, with Belichick in Foxborough. He says the same thing. Uh, I have a little more respect for my journalistic integrity. I'm not going to sit down and have him just give me non-answers. So we we went around Belichick and really got to the, the meat of the story because, again, it, why sit down and waste 20 minutes with a guy who's going to tell you nothing? Um, but the I love the guy. Like, well, we all love the guy because of what he's done and the, the incredible coach that he is. But I, I find it so frustrating. To, like, you'll see other interviews where he acts like a human being instead of that uh, adroit at robot that get, comes up after games where he's giving he's not giving anybody anything on purpose with the screw you attitude, which to me just goes. Please, just be it's like a He human loves his being. job, but he hates his yeah, job all yeah, at the same right. time. Exactly. Yeah. Kelly, go ahead. Uh, and, that, and that could play maybe a year ago, but after the Super Bowl where he has not explained why he benched Malcolm Butler, I think that that, you know, that song and dance is old now. I think people are, are going to try, I hope, to hold him more accountable. As I said, the, you know, the, uh, uh, the, me- the uh, media uh, crew that covers the team every day, it's almost like Silence of the Lambs, these reporters. And they're all good reporters. They've just been beaten down yeah. over you know eighteen years, you know, by this guy. And you know, I've interviewed serial killers. I've interviewed monsters. I've interviewed terrorists. Uh, I'm not going to put up with that, you know, from a head football coach. I will say that uh, Butler earlier this week talked about how uh, Belichick did reach out to him in the off season, and they're they're square. He said, "I have no ill will with him. He's a great coach." Blah blah blah. I was I was kind of surprised to hear that. Kelly, go ahead, uh, Casey. I believe that the you know the Patriots did deflate footballs, but I, I believe it was way overblown. It was like a, you know, a pitcher messing with a baseball. I don't think the penalty should have been as severe it was, but you you know, you went interviewed Bob Kravitz, the sports writer from Indy, and some NFL officials. Do you think they deflated footballs? 
Oh, I, I do. I think uh, Brady was kind of an unwitting accomplice in this. And again, it was a, a mere minor equipment mm. violation that is buried in the right. rule book for uh, for the NFL. In fact, you know, we found out that no football had ever been uh, measured during the game in the history of the National Football wow, League. Right. So they, they, they turned uh, uh, basically what was a minor traffic violation into a capital murder case and made um, Tom Brady yeah. the number one That's suspect. The what about the sensitivity of Brady, too? Because here's a guy who plays by the I mean, plays by the rules, respectful, doesn't get into trouble, all that stuff. One of the greatest players, greatest quarterbacks ever played the game, if not the. But even like when he got booed a few times at stadiums and and i part of the things i read in the book is that stuff sticks with him doesn't it yeah he's i mean he's a sensitive guy and i think that sensitivity fuels his competitive edge here's a guy that really feels like he's never been given uh, a fair shake with regard to you know his football career going back to high school going back to the university of michigan uh you know we all know he's the 199th pick in the 2000 right. draft, the six-round draft pick, afterthought, he thought he should have been a first-rounder or at least a third-rounder. And I think he's always carried that chip on his shoulders. We look at Tom Brady as this, you know, very polished, almost James Bond-like character who drives a, an Aston Martin and is married to a supermodel. But yeah. when he looked at himself in the mirror, he still sees that sixth-round draft pick. And I think yeah. there's a lot of vulnerability there, which I think the reader will can really appreciate and uh and understand. The book is called 12, The Inside Story of Tom Brady's Fight for Redemption. This is Casey Sherman, one of the authors on the phone with us. Go ahead, Kelly. So, uh, Casey, do you think, you know, uh, Patriots have always been uh, commended for compartmentalizing. Can they compartmentalize in the next two, three years or whatever is left of Brady's career to, to get the job done? I think that that's the thing they always have been able to do. I don't think we're going to see any drop in uh, in play for the Patriots this year, at least for you know as far as Brady is concerned. I think he is going to be playing at that elite, uh, potentially MVP level. The question is, if he wins the Super Bowl this season, will he walk away from the game on top? That, and I think we're all going to be waiting to see that if that happens. Yeah, and that to me is the only way this ends well. Because I got this feeling with this whole Garoppolo thing, and, and there's more tension now than ever. Even though they try to downplay it, the rumors inside of Foxborough are that there are some strained relationships. That, you know, big star players like this, very rarely does it end well. It, 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 it usually ends ugly. Do you think that's going to happen here? Oh, I don't think that's going to happen with regard to the Kraft family. Now, much has been made about the book, and we opened the book where Robert Kraft is giving up his legal challenge against the NFL. We also saw that unfold on CNN and ESPN. Um, Tom Brady was watching it live as well, and he was not told ahead of time that Kraft was going to do this. Yeah. So he jumped, picks up the phone, reaches out to DeMora Smith, the uh, director of the uh, NFL Players Association, and says, you know, what the bleep, why am I not getting support on this? And he felt really betrayed by Kraft, and I think Kraft had to make that decision because if he sued the NFL, then he would have been treated like, remember Al Davis, the old owner of yeah. the uh, Raiders, this yeah. renegade yeah. that sued the NFL, and none of the other owners liked him after that. They, they kind of kept him outside looking in, in terms of that very elite club. Kraft knew that uh, he couldn't do that, you know, for the future of his own team, but I think he felt heartbroken broken by it. Mm -hmm. You know, we spent time, myself and my co-author, Dave, 
big wedge with Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft. And there's a real love and a real loyalty there uh, to Brady. And there's also incredible anger that still exists between the Krafts and Goodell. And I think, you know, in order to really repair this relationship, this is why uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was jettisoned last year to the San Francisco 49ers for a second-round pick because Kraft forced Belichick to uh, um, trade the heir apparent to Brady just to continue to build and rebuild that relationship with the man that built the franchise, the New England Patriots. I'm talking about Tom Brady. And that further fractured the relationship, I, at least it, this is my opinion, I don't know, what do I know, uh, between uh, Belichick and the Crafts, right? Because that, that was his I guy. Mean, I think 100%. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I, I don't think there's any, I think there's a mutual, uh, you know, obviously uh, admiration that uh, the Crafts have for, for Belichick just based on the success. Yeah. But I think it's a business relationship. It's more personal relationship with Tom Brady. Have you ever seen Ever, any franchise have the kind of commitment. I and mean, look, we lived here in New England our whole lives, so I can't speak to the Dallas Cowboys, and every franchise has its fan base. But the Patriots are a 24 hour a day, 365 day a year business, uh, entertainment channel. This is bigger than anything. It was bigger than the Red Sox when the Red Sox were kings of the world. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, you're talking an 18 year run, it's unprecedented in any sport. Um, in, in history. It's really, you know, we have to really appreciate, uh, as, as people growing, living in New England, what we're seeing. Yeah. And even if you're not living in New England, you have to have an appreciation for the success of this franchise and for this transcendent player who is, uh, entering, uh, what, his 19th yeah. season at 41 years old. It's yeah. just, it's amazing. It is, uh, the book is, is, is very good. I just started reading it. It's intriguing and getting a look behind that curtain that is always so tightly drawn by the Patriots organization is really, uh, something special. So my fingers are crossed that however it ends, however this whole thing plays out, it ends well. I mean, because we, I, we, it's like a family. You just want everybody to get along. But I don't know if that's going to happen. But that's what I want. It may, it may not happen between, you know, Belichick, Brady, and the Crafts. I think, as I said, the Crafts and, Bel- and Brady have a real good relationship. Yeah. I'm not sure what Belichick's future is with the team after this season. Right. He's probably seeding, you know, about right. the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. But, again, you know, that's, that, that's what makes this drama yeah. so interesting. And, you know, Hollywood is very interested in this project. Um, we're going to be making a Hollywood movie based on the book. I've had three Hollywood films based on my uh, book yeah. thus far, The Finest Hours, Patriot's Day, mm-hmm. and now we're working on the Ice Bucket Challenge, which is about you know young Pete Frady, the yeah. ALS survivor that changed the world. So um, you, we're talking to a lot of A-list actors right now about the opportunity to play Tom Brady, so that'll be interesting. That's pretty cool. Uh, Twelve, the inside story of Tom Brady's fight for redemption. Casey Sherman, one of the authors. Uh, great to talk to you, man. Thanks for coming coming on today with us, and uh, all the best to you. Uh, not that you need it, but all, all right, the best thanks. to you, buddy. All right? Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Casey. Thanks. Bradley Cooper, by the way. That's my pick. Bradley Cooper, play Tom Brady. I don't know about a young Tom Brady, but mm. you could do it. Chris Pratt. Maybe. I love Maybe. Chris Pratt. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. I know. I know you do. Uh, yeah, I'm watching some of the texts and messages. For? Because I... I feel like you bring up his name because of the whole Anna Ferris thing, and he's too good for her. Honey, the- honey, she is so in the rearview mirror, it's not even funny. Anna I, who? Yeah, I know, exactly. and I, and I... Yeah. He threw five girls that look better than her out of his bedroom last night, so... Well, that's good. Well, she's at home raising the kid. Uh, anyway, I'm watching because the she text. she can't find work. 
Okay. I'm watching the texts and the emails come in talking about how much this guy, Casey Sherman, hates Bill Belichick. I don't think that that's the case as much as I think that Belichick's a businessman. He doesn't care. He's not a, he's not a personal guy when it comes to that kind of thing. I'm sure he's a great guy, but he's... He's always been in control, and that Garoppolo thing was big because that was his future. That was the future of the franchise to him, you know. So I, I didn't get the impression that he hates him. I did get the impression that he's a realist in a place where a lot of people don't want to deal with him, and especially when it comes to dealing with the press. That's that's a bit much. Uh, but, you know, it's part of what you love him for, so there it is. Interesting. Uh, all right, 924. We have uh, we got a couple calls for the Caller of the Week. Only I think we did two this week, so it's an easy choice. It's going to be one or the other. we got that coming up. Uh, and, of course, the Weekly Punch in the Face will end the show. That is correct. Brady and Belichick should have walked after they won the last Super Bowl. No way we'll have that opportunity again. Please. We shall see. A lot of things, a million things got to happen right in order for that to happen. You know, it's certainly not a foregone conclusion that they're going to make the Super Bowl. All right? Well. Uh, we shall see. Shit. Healthy Gronk, healthy uh, Edelman. I mean, there's oh. a lot of key factors there. All right. Anyway, uh, so we got that coming up, which is nice. Punch in the face. Who do you want to smack in the squash?